Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. Um, this is Michelle, and with me, of course, is Diana. Hello. Hello. So this is week or week three in our Shakespeare September. We're about to wrap up the end of our month with the amazing Semper Sonnet by Seth Margulis. And we'll find out next week if I have been butchering his last name all month. <laughs> because he will actually be joining us on our show next Thursday night. We're very excited about that. We are. So make sure you get your questions ready. Submit them to us before the show so that we can ask them everything you've been dying to know about this book. And I already have a list. I'm probably going to have to cross out some questions um, because they could probably take up an hour in and of themselves. But you can post your questions in comments here on YouTube. On You can tweet them to us on Twitter or go to our Facebook page. Any way you want to get questions to us, uh, feel free to send them in because we would love to get them from you. Yes, and please do so because since Michelle has all these questions prepared, I'm not going to have any. So don't make me look stupid. Give me some questions to ask. <laughs> I will represent you guys. <laughs> Don't do it to her. Don't make her do it. <laughs> Don't make me look stupid. Please, please. <laughs> so this week we were talking about our favorite tragic and romantic characters in Shakespeare. And as I was working on the list, I realized that if we both did tragic and romantic, it might run a little long. So hmm. we've decided to split it up, and I will be doing tragic characters, and Diana is going to be doing romantic characters this week. I've already started in with the chocolate for the romantic characters. I got my chocolate. I got my wine. Good. I know. I can see you eating the chocolate, and I'm totally uh -huh. regretting not bringing a snack up here with me. But <laughs> Lily is just starting to fall asleep, so I can't leave the room. Hmm. Yes, you're trapped in there until she's actually out. Yes. And we do have our wine this evening, both of us. I have, this is actually a Moscato that Rich picked out because he loves the super sweet wines. And uh, we had a, a date night last weekend, which was huge. Um, and our date night consisted of going to Ralph's and buying two bottles of wine and going back home. So, but still, it was a date. So we did go out. <laughs> did uh, you hold hands? We just we just went back home. As long as you guys at least held hands for about five seconds minimum. We did, and I got all cute. And well, we did. I mean, we okay. We we went out for like appetizers. There's a place. Uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I'm down in San Diego, um, and there is a restaurant in Little Italy for all you locals. Uh, called M Manello's. Manillo's? Now I can't remember. I think it's Manello. <laughs> and they have a killer happy hour where if you buy a drink, you get three little mini chef special plates for free. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So um, you don't know what they are. They, I mean, they ask if you have like, any allergies. And since I hate fish, I was like, yes, I have a shellfish allergy. <laughs> um, 
and they give you these little tiny, there's little bites. And I got like a fried risotto ball, which was, oh my God. Fried risotto balls. But there's a restaurant in Brea, California. Um, I can't remember the name of it, unfortunately. Um, it's in downtown, and it's this little Italian place, and they have the best risotto balls. Oh, it's so good. I just wanted to like order like a dozen of them, and mm -hmm. and a bottle of wine, and leave. But yeah, because I can make a meal out of those. There were like three on the plate, and I was there with my sister, and she had one. Then I had one, and I just kind of looked at it. <laughs> I was like. And they eat that? You don't want to share that, do you? You're not going to have You didn't like it, right? <laughs> so what are you drinking so, this evening? This weekend, I am drinking the Seducer. Give me a game of fanatic and check that out. Pick this up um, at Grocery Outlet. <laughs> should I say Grocery Outlet? Um, it was on a high price rack, $4.99. Oh, this was $5.99, so I'm right there with you. I <laughs> I love my cheap wines. Um, I like this one better after it's been aerated. And there is a difference in aerated wines. Um, if I had it and it was really just, um, it was kind of, I don't know when you, I don't know how to describe the taste where sometimes you, like, you drink your red wine and you're like. It's very dry, it's so like it dries dry. out your mouth. Yeah. So this time I aerated it and the taste is like night and day. It's not dry and it's actually quite sweet. So when we have our wine guy on, that is going to be one of my questions is why? Why does this happen? What is this magic? Um, because, yeah, it's a total t difference. And I'm eating it with drinking it with chocolate. Eating it. Yes, this is my salad for the night. Um, it counts. I'm drinking it with I'm drinking it with chocolate, and it's just a good set up with chocolate. So, yeah, I used now. I before I drank wine, I used to think people who said like, "Oh, drink it out of the right glass and let it breathe." I thought mm -hmm. total wine snobs. You guys, like, there's no difference in taste, mm -hmm. but there totally is. At the risk yeah, of sounding like a total wine snob, <laughs> there is. It really is. Like you, you can take a. You can do it at home. Those aerators aren't that much. I mean, I know you've got one. Mm -hmm. Yes, because for those of you who don't know, when it was Michelle's birthday, Rich, her husband, asked what he should get for Michelle. And I asked if she had one of those aerators. And he was like, a what? <laughs> and so I sent him a link to one. I'm like, get her one of these if she doesn't have one. And they're really not that expensive. You can pick one up at like Target or Bevmo. Um, they're less than $20 for a, for a good one. And I guess the way it works is you pour the wine through and it just turns it up so that more air gets in the wine. And you can, t I've done taste tests, like obviously with this wine, with other wines, you get a cheap bottle of wine, you have it before and you have it after, and is totally a difference and makes a difference in some of the wines. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. Like even if, and I know for the wine people who are watching, I know this is the wrong glass for a Moscato, but <laughs> I was running late and really wanted a glass of wine. So I'm one of those obnoxious people who doesn't have stems on their wine glasses. The main reason for this is because I'm a klutz. <laughs> I break things. I break things regularly. I break my glasses regularly and I wanted to get wine glasses. Actually, 
my husband wanted to get wine glasses that would last, and these happen to. There is a reason or a method to our madness. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But we are having a wine guy on our show. We haven't set a date yet, but those are also we can take questions if you want to know, and we'll yeah. we'll be letting you guys know well in advance. We're gonna. I think we might be doing a virtual wine tasting. Uh -huh. Um, so if anyone wants to find or have a good excuse to drink wine on a Thursday night, not that you need a reason, but we'll, uh, we can create a drinking game for you. Exactly. And you know, every time, every time Diana touches her nose, you got to take a drink. Oh, God. so randomly I'll be doing this number like multiple yeah. times. <laughs> every time Michelle touches her hair <laughs> and you guys, I have these wing things that don't do anything, so I'm always pushing them back. So that's, I mean, it, it could be a good night. Yes, it could be. You guys can have a ton of fun with it. And if you do something like that, I want to know. Because <laughs> then I'm totally going to be like Robin from How I Met Your Mother. But, um. But, um. But, um. So, so anyways. Yeah, going back. Moving on to our books. Our books, yes. We are doing, I'm doing tragic heroes, or uh, tragic characters. Diana is doing romantic characters. So would now, you. Now, I did for you, did you just do specifically tragic characters? Because when I did romantic characters, I did couples. I did, all right, mine, I found arguments for both, for them to be romantic and tragic. Uh -huh. them. So they, they kind of cross, but they're not couples. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can see, like, I'm sure you've got uh, Othello and Ophelia on your list. Not I actually, Hamlet and Ophelia. I have, yes, okay, you said Othello, and I was thinking of Othello. I was, um, I was thinking that you were probably going to have that one on your list, so I didn't include him and his uh, woman on my list. Yeah, I have, for, um, I do have Othello characters, but I was trying to, while I was working on it, I veered away from the main characters. So I have mm -hmm. some of the supporting cast in, mm -hmm. in my list. Interesting. Uh, Mine are all primarily main characters, I guess you could say. I have, if, can I go first? Okay, let's go ahead and start with yours since I already brought yours up. Um, <laughs> I have for my first, well, okay, we'll say they're a couple, even though they're not, but they're from the same mm -hmm. play. Um, I have, the uh, nurse and Friar Lawrence from Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. um, for, I mean, mainly for Friar Lawrence, he, this guy, he's the entire reason why everyone died. Because it was <laughs> his idea. He came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's so funny to, you know, you see all these adaptations being made and the characters, uh, you know, the story being taken out of their time and being set in modern times, there is no way anyone could make a Romeo and Juliet adaptation in the 20th century. Well, okay, after the age of cell phones. Because it, would, it wouldn't work. All you needed to do was send a text message and be like, hey, just FYI, you know, don't drink the poison. I'm, I'm not really dead. <laughs> Love Juliet. No, you can still do it. Cell phone battery dies. Okay. Or you have no service. 
So I guess it's plausible, but well, the teenagers, teenagers have a tendency to be dumb. Mm hmm. And I guess what they're like thirteen or fourteen, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I put Friar Lawrence because he had good intentions, and I guess we could take from John. It's, it's John Steinbeck, right? Of Mice and Men. The best laid plans of Mice and Men often go. A, uh, is it a right astray? Astray. I haven't read that one from John Steinbeck. Yeah. Um. You haven't. Oh my god. I know. I know. He's my favorite author, and I get to read that one. But I have read East of Eden, Graves of Wrath, and Cannery Row. Okay. So, so. I didn't read Cannery Row, so I guess we're even. <laughs> um. But I mean, he he had good intentions. He thought this feud would end if the son of one family and the daughter of another got married and love would triumph or conquer all but it just it Illusion. all fell apart um and the nurse because i mean this woman loves juliet as if she were her own daughter and she's practically raised her and i mean she has to she's an old they don't ever really say how old she is but i mean she's like i would be willing to say like close to like what early 60s, late 50s. That's kind of the mental picture yeah, that I Yeah, somewhere between the 40s and her. No, like late 40s, early 50s would be the youngest I would put her at. And like, if you read Juliet's Nurse, the book, she's older in that too. But um, it starts off where she actually had a late-in-life child. Okay. Like the picture that's given in Juliet's Nurse that this author creates is that she had a family, they died in the plague, and then she finds herself unexpectedly pregnant. And then loses that child too, and then ends up being Juliet's wet nurse. So she's older. She was past the time that she expected to actually be pregnant when okay, so that story that. starts. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, old enough, old to, enough know to know that. Ooh, I have an echo. Old enough, old enough to, know to know that this plan is plan not going to work. You would think if she's. <sighs> Age doesn't always necessarily equal maturity. So just because she's older doesn't necessarily mean she's mature. Okay, so maybe I'm putting too much faith in the nurse, but exactly. But she had to. This have is coming from the woman who can't stand the happily ever after thing. <laughs> okay, your turn. Okay, your turn. Okay, my first one is my favorite couple of all time. I think in all of literature, and we have talked about this before because we talked about our favorite plays, but it's Benedict and Beatrice. From much ado about nothing. I knew it. <laughs> I just love them. I love the start where you have that that tension where they just they go at each other's throats, they hate each other, and then they get tricked into thinking that the other one likes them, each one separately. They there's this plan to get the two of them together. And because they think the other one likes them, they they look at the other person in a different light. And I think you have Hero and Claudio in that story, which is your standard oh, love affair. But Benedict and Beatrice are so much more interesting. There's so much more of a character development, especially in Beatrice. Um, not just because I find her to be a feminist icon, uh, but you have just that neediness in that relationship, that, that tension, that passion. There's a passion in that relationship. Um, so that's my first two. Um, I think I just wanted to say, I think what's interesting 
and I've, I've probably said this before, but I think what's really interesting is that, you know, you think, or some people probably think that Shakespeare, you know, is so outdated and so it doesn't apply to anything that affects our lives today. But all of these storylines are in every other book that you've ever read and in, you know, real life situations. Episode. Yeah, we had the episode on the popular themes, and if you look at what Beatrice talks about and you look at her dialogue, her If I Were a Man speech, that whole monologue still resonates today. How many of us could say, but if I were a man, um, equal pay, if Hillary Clinton was a man in the election, um, would she be facing the same kind of scrutiny that she currently faces? Uh, you know, there's all these things. If I were a man, you know, I wouldn't be having to worry about the threat of rape if I'm walking down an alley or down the street by myself after dark. You know, all of those things come in there. And then there's also the, um, you know, when she's talking Being about kind of a cop. I'm sorry. You kind of froze up for a second. I didn't mean to cut I'm you off. You. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So that's, they're, they're very popular things and the things that are still, he just hits those notes that are very, those things are human nature. They're some things, as much as everything changes, so many things stay the same. And I think those, he hits on those things that have just stayed the same within human nature themselves. The technology changes and the fashion changes, but the storylines are the same. Yeah. So what are your next two? The next two that I have, all right, now I know I have read more Shakespeare than Romeo and Juliet and Othello. I know I have, because I remember reading more. But you keep falling back on those two. But those two are the only ones that I can think of. And it's really frustrating because I was even looking up all these titles and trying to think of other things and going, I remember reading that, and I know I did, but I don't remember it enough to have a conversation about it. That's why you got to start watching the movies more. I guess so. Well, uh, you know, going okay. I'll give you a tragic one: Hamlet and and Ophelia. Well, yeah, which I touched on earlier. This is kind of a couple where you have this romance of sweethearts, and then Hamlet goes off the deep end, and Ophelia commits suicide. Which and, I mean, yeah, that's pretty tragic. Yeah, she ends up going a little crazy too, and then. It's in that whole story. I mean, it's tragedy and the tragedy of all power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And you have that and that thirst for power. And so I think those are two tragic characters. Well, yeah, I would say so. Um, another one that I thought of, again, going back to my two standbys. Um, I had two from Othello. Mm-hmm. And... The first one that I thought of was Michael Cassio, who he was the one that I mean, I'm sure you remember, but for those who don't, he was the one that was in love with Desdemona, mm-hmm. that wanted to be with her no matter what, didn't think Othello was good enough for her, and Iago convinced him that it could work out, when mm-hmm. it definitely couldn't. No. Um. But it's just kind of like a really twisted example of nice guys finish last 
because he seemed like a nice guy. He, he just really liked this one girl who, who wasn't available. I mean, most of the time when that happens, you move on and you find someone who is available. Unfortunately, in this case, he couldn't move on. <laughs> and it ended really badly for him. And another one from Othello that I had was, um, oh, what was her name? Amelia, Iago's wife. Okay. Because yeah, that's a, that's a good tragedy in there. You got the faith, you have faith in your husband, you love your husband, you're devoted to your husband, and then that bastard, <laughs> that bastard behind your back betrays you. And she doesn't even realize, like, she is yeah. an accessory to all of it. And all she wants to do is make him happy. Mm-hmm. How many crime dramas are out there that are out there where the woman just wants to make him happy and she ends up complying with him, both in like real life and in like the general crime dramas, like on Law and Order and stuff, where they love the guy so much that they end up just following along with whatever he says. Um, what was it? Isn't Girl on a Train? Can't you even put that one into this category, where? She just loves the guy so much, both of the women, old wife and new wife, mm, the main mm-hmm. character and the new wife. They just, they love him so much and they go along with it. And yeah, I would totally know. say so. And, I mean, Amelia, like, she, she loves her husband. She just wants to make him happy. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, does what he asks her to do. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, she loves Desdemona, like, I mean, not obviously not in that way, but she loves her. Yeah. And at the very, very end, when everything is like unfolding and unraveling, she realizes that she's basically the reason why all of this is happening. Oh, yeah. So. I would be, I would be my husband's balls would be in a place. <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel real, I feel really bad for her. Yeah. The stuff we do to make our men happy, I swear to God. So for me, my next, let's see, mine are, my next ones are technically two, four, six. But, and I'm, I'm lumping them all together because they're from the same play. Okay. And it's Midsummer Night's Dream. I knew, I knew you were going to touch you that play. <laughs> I don't think we could have not talked about that play. Let's talk about romantic comment, romance without the, um, Oh, not that. And I think you've got to see this here. I can move this down a little bit. I don't know if you can see here well enough. Where she's just she's just sitting on my lap, just sitting upright. Like, yes, I am part of this conversation too. Um, yeah, we have Titania and Oberon, who are the fairy king and queen. And you know, I don't know to refresh those the memory of those who haven't seen the, any of the movies or the play. Um, with Titania and Oprah on Titania, she her she's really close with a uh, Indian goddess, and she brings the um, Indian goddess's son um, home with her after the goddess dies, and she and then Oberon's jealous of this boy, and he wants her to give the boy over to him in service, and she refuses to, so they start fighting. And they're obviously devoted and they love each other. And um, she also apparently has a history, a romantic history with the king of the area. Um, 
So then, because he's jealous, he sends Puck off to go get this flower, which I forget the name of the flower, so that he can dab it on her eyes and teach her a lesson. And then, um, and then while he's gone, he sees these two couples. He sees Lysander, or he, see, he sees Lysander, or I'm sorry, he sees uh, Demetrius and Helen, and he is, um, the Helen's chasing after Demetrius, and I might have the one that seems confused. Um, but then there's, you know, and he feels really bad about this girl who is just absolutely madly in love with him, and he just doesn't want to have time of day with her because he's going after Hermes. And Hermes and Lysander have taken off to the woods to go run off and be together. So you get that whole wonderful love romance, and then Puck comes in, and Puck puts the um, puts the oil, the flower on the wrong eyelids of the of like puts them on Lysander, and Lysander ends up falling in love with Helen, and then Dimitri ends up falling in love with Helen, and it's just this whole like couple switch swap <laughs> thing going on in the middle of the woods, and it's it's hilarious, but you have this like foursome going on, and you know all all's well that ends well basically with that one. But I think that's a really fun romantic comedy for the those six couples. I love I re, okay. I remember reading a Midsummer's Night Dream. I don't remember the details of it, but I remember loving Puck. Mm-hmm. You gotta I, watch the movies. You gotta watch. You gotta watch Michelle. The one with Michelle Pfeiffer. You gotta watch the movie. I think after this podcast, once this is done, I think I'm gonna be watching that and editing. Um, since I'm back on the swing of editing my book after taking a way too long of a break. Um, but I think you have to sit down. You have to watch that one because. That's perfect. I, I will have to watch that. Yes. Now one other. No. Okay. I, I have a vague memory of reading. Um, Wow, I just forgot it. The Tempest. I was going to bring it. Uh, that's on my list, too. <laughs> so correct me if um, I, I don't remember how it ends, but I remember reading it. So mm-hmm. I have to fill in the blanks. But I I just feel bad for Miranda, like at least in from what I remember in the beginning, just because she's kind of like an innocent mm-hmm. bystander. In you know how her she and her father get banished by a crazy uncle, and then her dad becomes you know crazy and magic, and I mean he has good intentions, but I I just she was just the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong family. Yeah, and I end up having it as romantic because I mean it's within the classic case of romantics. Um, romantic literature because she does end up marrying, I forget the prince's name. Is and it, it Ferdinand? Up, huh? Is it Ferdinand? Yes. Yes, Prince Ferdinand. So, I mean, I it works remember. out. and it's, Yeah, it kind of falls in there. It was kind of at the bottom of my list as a fellow, but yeah. And I can totally see that because tragedy isn't necessarily always the Romeo and Juliet, I'm dead and romance is no more. It's the little things. It's Juliet's nurse. I love the the examples that you're bringing up. Uh, Miranda being brought born into the wrong family at the wrong time, being stuck on an island with a father. As much as I love my father, being stuck on an island with my father, 
<laughs> we, we would be at each other's throats. We're too much alike. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I feel for her for that. Oh, my gosh. If my dad and I were stuck, in a, we, I would go crazy. I mean, he would probably be <laughs> fine, but I would go crazy. I mean, we, my father and I can only talk about so much literature for a while, and then he would be all about me about cleaning up my section of the island because he's a clean <laughs> So we would get each other's throats over that. <laughs> it reminds me of, in the book you read, um, The Madman's Daughter. Yes. I love that book. That's a good Halloween book. So if anybody's looking for a good book for the season, that's a good book. That book kind of freaked me out a little bit. I don't like the idea of being, I don't like islands. Islands, I don't like the idea that there is only so far you can run if something happens. <laughs> That's why I like visiting islands. I like going to, that's why I went to Fiji. That's why I want to go to the Galapagos. I want to, it's an island. I go there and I visit and I know I can get away. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, we, Diane and I first met when we worked at the same company. It was a timeshare management company. And they had a satellite office in Hawaii that, I don't know if it was, like, officially offered to me, but it was, like, if you're interested, you should totally check it out. There is no way I could ever live on Hawaii. Mm -mm. (laughs) I think I could, but I'm the kind of person where, see, I'm the L.A. girl here in this relationship. I'm over here by Los Angeles. I need a city. I lived in Texas for three and a half years, and living in Texas, even though that state is huge, I felt like I was on an island because I was in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, I wasn't close enough to Austin, and it was like this black hole culture, and I couldn't see anything that was cool that was going on because there's a lot of cool stuff in Austin. I didn't know who any of it was going on. So I'm the kind of girl who needs to be within reasonable driving distance to a city, and I would be okay if I was in driving distance to a city. Like if Honolulu is a happening place like Los Angeles is, where there's something going on every weekend. I would be happy there. I could do that. If I, I'm kept busy by in by social activities, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> that is not me. I'm good with distractions. <laughs> well, those were my tragic characters. Do you have any other romantics? I do. I have Henry V and Catherine of Avolios, which is from the historic play Henry V. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely, and I say that it's not the main focus of that play, but in the end, when he is wooing her in French, it is one of the most romantic scenes in all of literature. And I'm not just saying this because I swooned when Tom Hiddleston was talking French <laughs> to her at the end of the Hollow Crown series, because I was, ugh, loved it. Even though you were. Um, huh? Even though you were. Even though I totally was. Um, just seeing them in a doublet, I was like, oh, he's still my heart. Um, <laughs> um, the other one I have crosses into the tragedy. This is my tragedy overlap. And I find them very, like, romantic. Um, I find them more romantic than Romeo and Juliet. It is Antony and Cleopatra. I kind of figured. I don't know why, but when I was trying to find other plays to remember, I saw Antony and Cleopatra, and I thought, Diana's probably going to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one, you know, there's some who argue that she wasn't really in love with him because, I mean, she did 
have a fling with Julius Caesar before Antony, and I think she had a kid. I can't remember. Cleopatra was, I mean, she rocked. Yeah, and she did what was necessary to try to save her country. Um, in history, she goes down. She's went down in history as a whore, but really, she she did everything she could within within her womanly power to try to save her country from Rome. And you know, if I was in her position, if I meant was sleeping with some guys, you know what? All power to her. Um, especially if uh, Antony was as handsome as he was rumored to be. But I mean, just the, there was it was this whirlwind romance, mm-hmm. even historically. If you look at it, it just totally whirlwind where it was just all parties, all passion, all sex. And I mean, at one point he thought he was Dionysus, the god of wine, which yay, go him. I was I forget what goddess it was that she thought she was incarnate of. And yeah, it was just, it was, it burned hot. And then there was only one way for that romance to end. It had to die in beautiful glory flames where they end up killing, getting killed. I think he got killed and then she committed suicide. Hmm. Noticing a trend. Yeah, yeah. He got killed in um in battle, I think. I could be wrong on this. And uh, please, if somebody out there knows more than I do on this, go ahead and correct me. I'll be okay with it. But you know, she had the famous asp where she let the asp she went to bed and put it with an asp. And the asp bit her and that's how she died. I mean, there are other ways. Yes, yes, honey, so sweet boy. Just I mean, did uh, <laughs> Egyptians had like crazy? I mean, they they did brain surgery and they did all this modern medicine. I'm sure there was a less awful way to kill yourself. I would think so. But I mean, she went for the drama, so I understand. Yeah, if you're gonna go out with drama, go out with you know, with an asp, I suppose. Better than a poisonous snake. That is a poisonous snake. Really? Okay. See, I was thinking of something else. I don't know what I was thinking no, of. No, no. The asp is like a cobra. It's a type of um, snake in um, in uh, Egypt. And, she, yeah, she slipped it into bed and then went to bed. Oh, my God. And at some point during the night, she was bit by the, uh, the snake. Well, there's the yeah. blonde moment of the night. <laughs> and my glass is empty. Coincidence, I think. That's not. I, I, I got it. You beat me. Man. Win the race. It's not a contest. <laughs> We're all winners here. We're all winners. As long as you drink, you're a winner. Yeah, exactly. As long as you finish. <laughs> it's not how fast. <laughs> yes. It's, and it's not even about how much, really, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just, it's just that you try. Keep it the old college try. <laughs> well, that list went by quickly. I know. Is it has it already been an hour? Um almost. But okay. we do have I'm just to do a quick wrap up for anyone who skipped over the intro. Mm-hmm. Um we will be having it is confirmed, Mr. Seth Margulis. Joining us next week, mm-hmm. um, he is the author of Semper Sonnet. Oh, we didn't talk about the book this week. Yes, 
where, where are you at in the book? Because I've already read the book. And you can see my review of it up on my blog at creatingherstory.com. So where are you on it, in it, Michelle? So, so I'm not too much further than I was last week just because I've had a lot of homework that I've had to do. Um, but she is talking to uh, Roger Phelps. So she left Mark. She took the train up to wherever he lives. Mm-hmm. And um, she's talking to him about the um, – like the – genetic makeup of a virus and whether or not it's possible for the virus to live in the what's it called the effigy mm-hmm. for so long and what would happen if it was released and I'm not really sure how I feel about this Roger Phelps guy because his name is Roger Phelps right um, I feel like you almost get the feeling like he's ex- he was expecting her uh-huh. Just because, I mean, even if he, you know, he's an expert. I'm really in, at the end of this book. I really can't wait till till next okay. week to discuss. I'll, I'll tell you. Spoilers. Oh yeah, don't. Okay, if if you're reading this book, you need to finish it by next Thursday because uh-huh. we won't care. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a spoiler friendly zone. We are gonna talk about everything. We're gonna get down and dirty about this book, and I cannot wait for her and for you as a, a viewer to actually finish this book because I love the ending. The ending is just as good as the rest of the book. Usually, well, not usually, but sometimes I'll go through and read the very, very last page because the very last page never gives away exactly how it ended, but you at least know. No, this one will. This one will. If you if you read the last page of this, it will give away the ending. Really? Yeah. Don't you dare read the last page. Oh, I'm glad I haven't done it then. I would have killed you if you did because it would have given away a whole bunch. Well, you'll probably get like freaking out texts from me as I read it because uh-huh. I have I have plans to wear out my children at the museum tomorrow morning so I can come home and read. <laughs> That's me right now with Dido's Crown. I started reading that one yesterday and it just sucked me in. I I really love that book. I didn't expect to love that book so much. It was just kind of like this off one. Like when I first saw the title, I have a tendency to steer clear of um, the medieval historical fiction because I'm just so burned out by it. Mm-hmm. You know, having read so much fantasy and stuff in the past. And I was like, that was crown. That, that looks like a fantasy. And then I read the description when it was given to me by the historical fiction um, book review uh, tours. And I was like, oh, wow, this does look interesting. And it's totally Indiana Jones meets Casablanca. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I am in love with this book, and I'm in love with the story. And, yeah, I love it when a book sucks you in. And this one unexpectedly sucked me in, and I loved it. Well, I have downloaded it to my Kindle. So I'll be this one, Oh, that oh, is proud? Yeah. You know, maybe we should do that for January. We might have to. We so we have our um the rest of the year planned out. Now I my family, my um uh, my husband and my two kids and I, we are actually moving to the Chicago area in December. So after Thanksgiving, I think we said, right? Mm-hmm. Um I will be taking a short break from Wine Women and Words, but Diana has a whole bunch of guest co hosts joining her. 
in my I absence. Do. I'm still lining up a few. Um, I still need to get a few in there, but we've I've got two nailed down so far. Um, and just to let you guys know what our books are, we actually have the books planned out for the rest of the year. Next month is Cabin, what's the name of the book? The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth The Wick. Woman in Cabin 10. This is by the same woman who wrote... In a Dark Dark Is it Girl in a Chain or in, in dark, dark Wood? In a Dark Dark Wood. Okay. Um, so that one is going to be a great thriller for October. I can't wait. I love In a Dark Dark Wood, and this is... Oh, it sounds like this one, this one's going to be a good one. Um, November, our book is going to be The Lemon Tully Life of Annie Astor. And I talked about that book previously. Love that book. Um, it's just this charming little book, and um, I highly recommend it. And we're going to be reading that for the month of November. And then the month of December, while Michelle is gone, we are actually going to be reading The Tsarina's Legacy. Now, technically, it is a second book in a series. However, it can be done as a standalone. And um, I love that one. It's a pseudo-historical fiction because, you know, it's me. <laughs> and when I pick a book, i got to pick a historical fiction book. Um, and this one is going to, it deals with the Russian monarchy, which I have some weird fascination with. So those are our books for the rest of the month. Yep. So get, if you're already finished with Sonic, go ahead and get started on The Girl in the Cabin. The Girl in Cabin 10, or The Woman in Cabin 10. And that's by Ruth Ware. And um, we'll post all of the books, titles, authors, everything on our Facebook page. So be sure to wander over that way and give us a like. Yes. So you can stay updated. Yes. It shows that we actually have viewers. Yes. Um. <laughs> and it's not just the two of us talking on our laptops. <laughs> on, on Which is awesome still. I, mean, I, I could do it. I don't, I don't mind, but it's nice no, to know that people are out there actually watching too. Now, Michelle, what do you have coming up this week for yourself? This week, um, well, I am three classes away from finally finishing my degree. Yay, congratulations. Um, thank you. So um, my school, it's not a traditional semester plan. It's uh, one class a month. So this Sunday is the end of a class. So I have some papers I need to write this weekend. Um, very, yeah. Yay. And uh, I actually, one of them, is, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm doing a paper on high school newspapers and high school broadcast, news broadcast channels. And I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember my newspaper, no offense to Frontline at El Medina High School, but when I was front page editor, I do not remember it being even remotely as professional as the high school that I observed this weekend because these kids were crazy. Like, it was intimidating. I had to interview two of the editors-in-chief, and I was like, uh, hi. I hope <laughs> you don't judge my questions. Hi, I take it being an adult. Right? I like <laughs> words. <laughs> So it was pretty crazy to to see, you know, 15-year-olds that are so professional and so ambitious. And it gives me hope that journalism isn't really dead. <laughs> but my weekend will be writing those papers. What about you? Yeah, newspaper, I forget. Is it launched this week? 
this upcoming week? Next, next week. week. Next week. Okay, I keep forgetting. So, okay. Are you? So, for me, I've got a couple more po a posts coming up. I've got one that looks at um, books, romance books that are not traditional happy endings. Because not every happily ever after involves getting married and popping out a bunch of kids. So I have a bunch of book recommendations for that. Um, I will also be at the Feast of San Gennaro this weekend, the Italian uh, festival in Hollywood. I plan on making a, an appearance there. I guess you can say appearance. Me and my ego. Um, so I'll be there this weekend. I'll also be going to, there's going to be a midnight showing of a wonderful B-movie called The Room. I have an unhealthy obsession with B-movies. I love them more than some of the really great movies that are out there. And this one is a horrible movie, and I absolutely love it. And I'll be at a midnight screening of that in Santa Ana at the Frida Cinema. So you're going to see, now that I have my application to Bitch Media that was went in last week, you're going to be seeing some more uh, posts from me. Maybe some even writing posts because I'm working on edits right now. Edits. Edits. <laughs> I'm killing all my darlings. All them. Stephen King would be so proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do believe that is it for this evening. Um, as always, like us, subscribe, tweet, all of the above. Um, and uh, be sure to come back next week. We'll be uh, posting like crazy leading up to our show with Seth next week. So you'll all know when it starts and it will actually start on time because I'll put my husband in charge of bedtimes <laughs> so I can be where I need to be and look a little more presentable than this. <laughs> but yes, thank you all for joining us tonight and um, have a good evening. Yes, good night, and we'll see you guys next week. And don't forget to give us your questions. Yes. Don't make Diana look stupid. Yes, do not do that to Diana. Yes, and Lilo apparently says, says goodbye, too, if you can see her here. Bye, Lilo. <laughs> She's like, <"Mom."> <laughs> Professional. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.